This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's 7.06 a.m. on Friday, the 9th of December. A rather gloomy Friday for the start of the weekend or, you know, coming into the weekend. Uh, but in any case, we'll be keeping you company as you commute to work on this rather grey day. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Wang Xiaoning and Chong Jensan. As always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. U.S. markets were up after five consecutive days of decline. The Dow was up 0.6% SM. P500 was up 0.8%. The Nasdaq was up by 1.1%. In Asian markets, the Nikkei was down by 0.4%. The Hang Seng was up by 3.4%. The Shanghai Composite was down marginally by 0.07%. The Straits Times Index was up by 0.3%. And the FBM KLCI was down by 0.06%. So for more thoughts on where international markets are heading, we speak to Peter Esho, co-founder of Wealthy a property investment platform. Good morning, Peter. Thanks for joining us. So as Jensen mentioned, U.S. markets closed in the positive last night. Uh, perhaps this is due to expectations that key inflation figures expected later today could be better than expected. Do you share the same sentiment? I think there's good reason for that hope. If you have a look at some of the key components uh, that have been driving inflation for most of this year, uh, it has been very much energy-driven and those energy prices have come back. And so this morning, I was just casting my eye over the Brent crude prices. Um, you know, we, we are down significantly, and eventually though, that will start to show in the inflation numbers. So the market's looking forward. The market's looking for any hint, any glimpse that inflation has peaked. Um, and if you have a look also, corporate earnings that are coming out, there's a lot of pressure in corporate America at the moment. So that all starts to paint a narrative that perhaps inflation has peaked and we could see that those inflation numbers, if not this number, but early next year start to indicate that they're coming down a little bit more. And Peter, looking at the NASDAQ 100 tech index, it's down 36% year-to-date. But it has proportionally managed to climb 10% over a one-month period. Are we seeing an end to the current rotation out of US technology stocks? I think the NASDAQ will take a little bit more time to bottom. The problem with the NASDAQ and the technology stocks is a lot of them don't even have earnings. So the businesses that do have earnings, take the Dow, for example, uh, the Dow has outperformed uh, the NASDAQ significantly this year because there's an earnings base there. You can actually sit down and say it's not a 20 times or a 25 times, it's a 15 times. The problem with the NASDAQ is who survives. When there's no earnings, um, when there's no profitability, these businesses have to structurally change to the new reality, which is higher interest rates. No more cheap money. You can't just continue to burn. You have to make a buck. And so that's the problem with the NASDAQ and the NASDAQ constituents. I think there's good value there because there's some fantastic businesses, but I think the basing uh, of the NASDAQ is going to take a little bit of time. I think it might take a year before you start to see a significant move in the NASDAQ. And, and with the economy slowing, I think there's still a lot more pain to come for particular stocks. Are we close to the bottom? Maybe. Am I buying the NASDAQ? Not at the moment. Okay, so Peter, does this suggest that your investment strategy that you're advocating is one that looks at value versus growth and that theme is probably going to continue into 2023? 
Yes, exactly. And perhaps where I'm most bullish or I'm most excited counter-cyclical is on the emerging markets. I think China's opening is the single most important investment thing for 2023. It's not going to happen overnight, but when it does happen, it's going to have a very, very significant impact on certain sectors. Uh, take, for example, commodity prices, bulk commodities, energy. I think energy prices have come down and, and they're probably at a bottom and they're likely to rise next year. So China's opening uh, and the sectors and you know the emerging markets, they've lagged a lot this year. And that's where I'd be adding to my portfolio. That's where I think the upside opportunity is at the moment in a very well diversified portfolio. Okay, so you are agreeing with many of the strategies that we see in like from banks like Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, who are also calling a buy on Chinese stocks. But does this mean that there'll be rotation out of DM, especially US dollar, uh, US dollar assets? I think so. I think what you've seen is a peak in the US dollar this year. Uh, the interest rate cycle is peaking in the US and the bond market is indicating that. So if you have a look at two-year uh, bond yields relative to 10-year bond yields in the United States, they are indicating that short-term interest rates are peaking. And I think what that means is that the US dollar starts to soften next year. Now, when that happens, when the US dollar softens, you're going to have commodity prices starting to move up because uh, you know this year's returns have to be viewed in US dollar terms and the dollar has caused a lot of damage. And so some of that will come back next year and start to unwind uh, as the US economy starts and those longer-term bond yields indicate that the U.S. economy and the U.S. dollar should come back uh, from those highs. So not necessarily going out and buying Chinese equities per se, but I think starting to add emerging market ETFs into a very well-diversified portfolio now is the time. I think gold also is a very good exposure, uh, particularly with what's happened in crypto this year. Um, and, And inflation is still high. There is still systemic inflation around. Gold is an asset class that has been discarded, hasn't gone anywhere, is very boring, and I think that's what makes it attractive. I'm not talking about overexposing, but I think it's a good time to add to the portfolio. Let's um, stick to China, Peter. China's moves to reduce operating COVID restrictions spells good news for markets. Um, Maybe you can walk us through how beleaguered supply chains and commodity prices are expected to be impacted from these events. So when we're talking about China, you know, we brand it with one term, but it's really um, a lot of economies uh, aggregated into one large economy. And so I think we need to sit back and, and stay and see how the, the, the opening up pans out and the different stages, the different provinces and what that means. I think it's too early and that's happening right now. So we need to watch that and we'll get a better picture of February, March as to what that means. Uh, I think, Iron ore, uh, we here in Australia have the benefit uh, because we get a very good bellwether for the Chinese economy in the iron ore price. Uh, Iron ore is our biggest export and the iron ore price is improving. Our terms of trade actually came out yesterday as reported by the Reserve Bank and they surprised on the upside. So there are forward indicators that a lot of the stockpiles uh, there in China are starting to be wound down and they're now back into this mode of consumption and infrastructure-related consumption. So I think February, March, um, by February, March, we'll get a better picture as to what, which sectors, what type of exposure, timing, and the next few weeks going into the new year, I think that's where we're going to get some really good lead indicators. I like iron ore, I like copper, and I think oil has bottomed. 
Peter, thanks very much for speaking with us today. That was Peter Esho, co-founder of Wealthy, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. And he did say that the single most important factor that investors should watch is really China's reopening. And I've seen more than one um, uh, commentator actually mention that to get exposure to this is really through commodities. I don't see them recommending travel stocks. I don't see them recommending uh, property stocks. But or even really, the bash down technology stocks yes, in China. It's right? really commodities because once China opens, he likes he likes steel, he likes iron ore, copper, potentially element, and also the energy market. So I think that's something really to 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 watch out for. And I guess in terms of the U.S. market, um, he does think that inflation um, will probably be peak. A, a peak quite soon. Uh, and to gain exposure to uh, the U.S. equity market, he believes the Dow, because they have an earnings base, is probably a safer bet. And Nasdaq, because um, they're largely companies which are still loss-making, so you don't have the earnings base. So it'll be more difficult, perhaps, to value the, the companies there as well. So it's buy-buy growth, hello value. Yes, yes. <laughs> in a nutshell, that's the theme for 2023. All right, 7.19 in the morning. We're heading into some messages, and when we come back, we'll cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.